This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mm. <sighs> what a week, huh? <laughs> We're hungry, Lord. We're hungry to see the fruit and to taste it. To taste the apple, to touch and be healed, to share in that, that juicy fruit, to feel the juices like running down our our mouth and like kind of leaking out the side of our lips a little bit. And maybe it kind of goes down our neck and then maybe it hits our chest a little bit. And then only then do we wipe it away, God. But that's what it's like, isn't it, Lord? That's what it's like to experience you. You're all around us, even when we don't know it, and we can only catch you sometimes. You hear that crack, Lord? (laughs) That's us cracking our knuckles right before we put our hands together to pray. And Lord, we're just going to pray for the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, grumpy, sleepy, dopey, happy. Doc. Bobby, Peter, Greg, Cindy, Jan. And Ann B. Davis says Alice. And so, Caroline, I want you to open this up in prayer. And then uh, if anyone else feels led to pray, they can. And I'll close this out. Oh, I am battling uh, a spirit of neck pain right now. Mm. God, I have three layers, maybe even four layers of neck pain going on. I have... Your neck. Your back. In other parts of your body. Before the Lord, Kevin? Okay. Yeah. And uh, Lord, you know what I've been through, but just, just I got to say it out loud, you know, sleeping on it wrong. That's one layer. Layer number two, God, uh, getting my hair done. That balayage was rough. That, that stylist was just yanking my head in every fucking direction. So I had to hold strong so that my neck wasn't going to snap off. So that was going on. Um, and then I went to the dentist today Mm. and they're having me doing all sorts of contortions to clean, quote unquote, probably putting (laughs) viruses in me. (laughs) Well, famously, one of the hygienists at that dentist was not vaccinated. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We do share a dentist. Oh my gosh. He (laughs) wasn't there anymore. So maybe he went up north to start a family is the story I got. (laughs) Um, well, I forgot about that. Yep. Um, and then, you know, just age. Age catches up with you. And mm. age says, no more pain-free neck. Um, so I pray that you'd cast this spirit out of my neck that I may be able to swivel my head around and, you know, in shock and dismay and joy <laughs> uh, to throw my head back and laugh again. That would be beautiful. So uh, deliver me. Deliver me today, God. God, we pray for deliverance for Caroline. We pray against the demonic spirit of age and aging. We know that aging is not of you. It's not an unnatural you. process that we should fight <laughs> tooth and nail against, and Jesus. not just the records. 
So, yeah. Uh, and if there's anyone that has a demonic spirit of aging that they wish cast out of them right now, <laughs> they can speak. Uh, if they feel led. Uh, um, it has been 23 years since I've talked to God mm. out loud. Mm. But I would like to ask him or her for permission to forgive myself if I say something dumb on this podcast. Amen. Mm. Well, we do, we do serve a God that loves all, that loves the smarty farties and the dumb dumb doy doys, the high and the low. He humbles those high and makes them low. He takes low little losers and makes them high. And as the scriptures say, the losers get the earth or whatever Blessed it is. Blessed are the stupid. For they don't know. For they don't know. They don't even know they what don't they even did know. wrong. They literally don't even know. And so, God, we pray for any listeners that also have a spirit of stupidness in them, <laughs> that you just anoint that and that you exalt that within them. And it's for your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> tea is like, yuck, hard. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. <laughs> it's me. I miss it's me. (laughs) I'm a fan of my mom. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. Caroline, can you contextualize that last sound that we heard at the end of the theme song? Yeah. uh, Thank you so much for letting me talk about TikTok right at the top of the show. Trending sounds are big on TikTok. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way to cast the spirit of age out of this podcast from moment one. (laughs) Yeah, we're casting a lot of listeners (laughs) out week to week. To have a 31-year-old woman... (laughs) Uh, who doesn't know the origin of a TikTok sound, explain that it is trending. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of uses for it, and it's a good one. I was just thinking of the one today. (laughs) Someone re-configured that sound to make it sound like, oh, oh, oh. Our table, <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> Instead of uh, O'Reilly, <laughs> you know, that made me laugh. Uh, Caroline, I think we might be able you had to it? find. Oh my god, something like that. I'm surprised that you had it ready to go. Wow, that's good, O'Reilly. That yeah, I think it comes originally from an America's Funniest Home <laughs> video where this kid, oh. this cute kid is stacking bricks on top of a glass table. Like, for real, he's just stacking bricks. But so it's like, what could have happened? And, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. So we're, cute. We're here to have good Christian fun. Good yeah. Christian fun is the podcast where we talk about TikTok. And we talk about Christian pop culture and the a music and comedy. the movies and good clean comedy like Tim Hawkins. The music <laughs> and the movies and the entertainment made for and made by, sometimes made about. Christian, sometimes made in a roundabout way about Christianity, perhaps in a, a musical allegorical form. Yes. Uh, in sort of like a cosmic cocaine glitter stained <laughs> phantasmagoria from 1979, 1980 yes. era. And uh, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of musicals this year. Think about it. Yeah. Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. Um, this is the year of sing- song. 
of of sing song, <laughs> sing song, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Christmas on the Square. We did that last year. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So we're kind of on one with that. Christian and musicals are the best. That brings us to our musical today. The Apple. Yeah. A search engine optimized title <laughs> for a musical. Just type in Apple into Google and you'll be able to find it eventually if you have time to read all the internet. But we can't do this alone. We're going to need the help of a very, very special guest, friends and folks. He is a writer and he's a director. You can catch his new movie, The Voyeurs, on Amazon Prime right now. Give it up for Mike, Mike Mohan. Much for having me. This hey, is, man! Thanks for being on. You Absolutely. love this song? Oh, I genuinely love this Sing song. Sing it then. Yeah, you really Show love it. it. You, you love it. Stand up and sing. Six feet away from the praise to the Lord. I can tell you just how it's good that it's gonna do you just to sing. I knew, Spiro, I knew. He's like, is Dexter trying to sing? Because he's not barking anything in particular. He's been a little barky boy tonight. We had a, a episode earlier tonight that we covered, and I don't know. Ever since we fired him as our producer, I feel like the energy has changed in the room. I'm scared. I'm scared I'm too. Scared. He's coming back to the office still, even though he doesn't work here anymore. Is and that's Bad creepy. Sign. That's scary. That's like he's not getting the social cues for that. So <laughs> yeah. if you could talk to him, Mike, he's sitting next to you right now and just like all right now do a little whisper it's situation. Over. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on Thank the show. Thank you for having me. Today, so friend. yeah, that song was like a song I listened to a lot. Okay. In middle school. Wow. What's school. it bring back for you? It it brings back that like the scent of this specific room oh that the youth group was in. Yes. That uh, it's like it's like halfway between a high school cafeteria and like the back of your local library. Ugh. You know, it's mm. like that yeah. kind of like yeah. um situation. But yeah, we we used to play that every single like every single week, and I can picture oh. you know Michelle Precourt like pretending to to do the piano as we were oh, you know yeah. air pianoing when we were <laughs> oh, yeah. listening to it. But that that song and like I I've been listening to it recently because of this project that I'm working on, and mm-hmm. and now my daughter loves <gasps> it. So we like play it in the house. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That what a generational like a dream. Yeah. I mean that would I would. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing I would look most forward to about being a parent. Caroline, Are you just now inspired to be a father? Yeah, I'm like, wait, I can play them music <laughs> like, that they probably won't like when they're 15. Kevin, <laughs> but I yes. can play it they until that a, point. They will be a fan of everything you are a fan what if of. They like with the air drum to born like, to run. Chevrolet is really popping this season. <laughs> That's the thing. You totally get to choose your kids' taste in music you do. because they don't get a choice. They don't have access. Yeah. I mean, she does. Up one of them like likes just to like look at the thumbnails on Spotify and pick a song based off of how pretty the some, cover art yeah, is. Yeah. Yes. But like in this reduced form. But like outside of that, it's like whatever <laughs> I play her is what she listens to. And so yeah. I wonder about yeah. that because your daughter's how old at this point? Uh, well, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. A four-year-old and yeah, a one-year-old. Yeah. And I do wonder because it's just inevitable that there will be some, as we all did, some form of rebellion of whatever your parents hand to you as far as like maybe even values or ethics or worldview, but maybe media. But I don't know. Like sometimes the music that you got when you were a kid, you still are attached to. Right, yeah, I right, still think right, it's right. cool because it's like the only retro stuff, you know, that I like have a connection to authentically. Yeah, know? well, because your mom's was, like, music taste was pretty... It. Yeah, and my like, dad's fun. too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I never rebelled against my parents' media. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, they uh, they weren't like super restrictive about it either. It wasn't like no fun stuff, you know. 
Right. You know what parents be? No fun stuff. <laughs> it's like, you gotta rebel. Hey, you're talking to the little boy that put together a dossier of pro-Christian content uplifting uh, the Christian characters on The Simpsons. So I was able oh, to watch it. And it, they did say, yes, you were on September 10th, 2001. I was like, all right, time to watch it the next day. And, <laughs> that was your first time? Yep. And that was interrupted. Well, no, it wasn't my first time because it was interrupted by 24-hour news coverage of oh, September no. 11th. I've told this story on, this, on the podcast Did before. you feel like that was God punishing you for lying to your parents? Yeah, like Jerry Falwell kind of had it right, <laughs> almost, <laughs> as far as like the punishment part for sins, but yeah. not not quite all the way there. Uh, Mike, we would love to know about your history. You, you spoke to a little bit about the youth group memory, but just your history with faith. You come from Massachusetts. Yeah, I come from southeastern Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost everybody was Catholic, and at least in my neck of the woods. Um. And yeah, and I was so it's it's weird. So when we when we were starting to when I was real young, we went to church every single you know every single uh, weekend, and then as we got older, we would only go for like the hits, like we'd go for like Easter, Christmas, mm-hmm. Palm Sunday, yes. and things like that. And I don't, I think it was like when my parents. I was thinking about this today. I think it was like when my parents. Um, when their parent, when my grandparents passed away, they suddenly didn't feel the need to go as frequently. I think <laughs> huh. the might grandparents have, might were holding it down. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure. We just stopped going. But then I got in. One of my good friends, Sean McQuaid, he he brought me into this youth group that was like a few towns away, and so it was my me is like a way for me to like you know get together with people who weren't just from my small town, you know. Right. And so you could yeah. leave your old reputation behind. Yeah, and it was, but it was small. It was like you know, on a good night, it was like twenty five people. Like it was small, and on other nights, it was like you know, eight. You know, and it was a Catholic youth group that he it brought you to. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I was a really that was every like I think that was every Saturday night, and they had like a um, wow, you know, they had like a like a juniors group and a seniors group. So like when you went to high school, you could go to the you know normal thing, and so um, but then like. A thing, so I actually have like a whole story of like how how it like like it's kind of it's a little dark for this podcast, but I feel like it's it's the uh, relevant to probably it. Probably not. So <laughs> this podcast was born in the dark. Yeah. So I have to change one of the names involved oh, because funny. like this is a person who like actually like still exists in the world yeah. and what they did is not technically illegal. So, okay. <laughs> you mean not technically legal? Not technically illegal okay. is what I mean. So, like, they're, they're, it was good. Yeah, it, okay. No, it wasn't good. So, all right. We're, <laughs> Should we pick the pseudonym? Yeah, go for it. Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton, I, I was gonna say Gonzo. I don't think we should use. I'll just say I'll. I don't think Cotton Eye Joe is gonna. Oh, okay, yeah, gonna, not a cute maybe, name. Maybe we don't want to. Okay, yeah. so we'll so, just call him Donald Trump. Oh, the Cheeto Man. <laughs> can we call him the Chim? No, I'll just sorry, call him the brother. Start. The okay, brother, right? The brother. Okay. And so, so the juniors group was like just this. Like we had this super old priest that like guided the whole thing, and then the seniors group. When I moved into the seniors group, it was like such a bizarre. Like our. Like this group was like, you know, the, the the beautiful thing I think about it is that it was a bunch of like there was like a popular kid and like a burnout and like a jock and like a loser and a whole then, breakfast club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They were all there. And um and all of the 
when you actually like looked behind um, the personas of who these people were, everyone came together because there was a, you know, deep down there was like this purity of wanting to, you know, understand the greater questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, there was this, they were also, you know, everyone's still in high school, right? And so everyone, that all of the bullshit that right. comes along with that also applies. And so when I got to the the, the juniors group in, in middle school was so pure because everyone was so young. And then we went, when I got to the seniors group, there was something off about it. And, and so I would volunteer most weeks and just stay with the, like lead the youth group, um, lead the juniors youth group. Right. But every once in a while I'd, you know, do some of the activities with the seniors group. And, uh, one of those activities was like, we had this County fair, right. That would, that was like a big fundraiser for the church. Oh, wow. You guys and, put on a County fair. Oh yeah. It was like a whole That's thing. A yeah. It was a big, project. it was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And there were rides and all this stuff. And our job wow. as the youth group, we would volunteer that weekend and like supply the booths. Run the with, roller coaster, you know. Exactly. <laughs> or like, you know, like the, the chicken <laughs> the chicken kebab booth yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, oh, we need more napkins. And suddenly it's like, okay, one of the youth group kids gets on the radio, brings, shuttles the napkins over, mm-hmm. stuff yes. like that. And we would get to, you know, we'd stay overnight. Um, Exciting. In like an area of the rectory. And and so um, that was where like a big faction of the group was really into Magic the Gathering. And so they would play Magic the Gathering. And there was this one dude who was there who was like kind of really big and heavy set. And it was like probably 1230 in the morning. And he like fell back in his chair and started having a seizure, oh right? Oh my gosh. But when you're like 14 years old, you don't know what that is you just think that this kid is oh, like no. dying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you look around, and I was like looking around for the brother, and I was like, "Where is he?" And he wasn't there. So I ran outside. I took off. I remember like looking through the buildings, trying to find the brother, right? And eventually, I heard like Whitney Houston playing from like from off in the distance. And so I race over there, and in, in the in the cafeteria, a bunch of the older kids had like. Like like a bunch of the older kids, meaning like eight of them, right, had started this kind of dance party. And deep in the background, there was the brother like refilling his cup from a box of wine. And he was totally hammered, mm-hmm. right? Is the brother an adult or is it one of the yeah. kids in the group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he, is in a, he is an adult. He's like a leader yes. of the group, right? He was probably okay. in his like early 30s, Getting right? hammered on boxed wine. Exactly. <laughs> and so like night. for me, I'm like <laughs> – and it was the first time I'd ever seen someone totally wasted oh before, you know? And so, you know, I like was like, hey, we need you right now. There's an emergency. And, you know, we sort of walked back. And I remember like his arm was around my shoulder. I remember his arm was like sweaty. Uh. And we walked back and thankfully someone had called 911 and he was being loaded. Like like the kid, he he, he just like bit his tongue really hard. He needed like stitches on his Ooh. tongue. Oh, man. But – I just remember as the ambulance was pulling away, looking at the leader, like this man who was like responsible for our well-being. Oh my gosh. And the look on his face, the little smile that was like, thank you, God. And a little look to me of like, this is between us, right? And then he walked away. And so at that moment, I was like, um, Kevin's face is kind of in shock. <laughs> At that moment, I was just like, what is what is this place? Like what it like the mm-hmm. next day we're like doing, we're playing our God is an awesome God for a group of people. I'm on the drums, he's on the guitar. And I, and he had his like his Oakleys were like hiding his hangover. And and I was just like, this man is like preaching 
to these people. There was a it, just a very deep hypocrisy to it. Um, later on, he ended up getting one of the kids in youth group pregnant, but she was oh, 18. God. And I believe they might still be together. Oh, um, man. An all-too-common narrative, which <laughs> exactly. is which is a, a youth minister ending up with one of the students so post- high school yeah it's like yeah. technically it's all above board gross but there's but so like but the thing that i was i think about often and the thing that i was thinking about you know uh, often like when i listen to your podcast i think mm-hmm. it's so great to hear other people's stories and like how they passed through these periods of that we're all we're all reckoning with it all the time right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh and so like it's even though like my specific is my story is specific it's also i don't know maybe someone else will hear it and go like oh i i dealt with something similar or you know like and so uh when i hear other people on your podcast talk about like what their life is like afterwards and how they how they exist in this sort of fluid gray world it's super inspiring you know so good um, oh that's very nice yeah yeah so in 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 my case it's like it's one of those things where Sorry, I've been doing so much talking. Um, this is what we want. This is your time. This is okay. the mo- yes. So you know, go midnight mass on our ass. <laughs> and just hold the floor. Let's no, so it. so it's nine so eleven it, happened. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I think the thing that's tricky is like when that happens, right? Where there's this very clear demarcation of like a before and an after. It still doesn't take away all of the positive memories and all of the things that this flawed institution these these great memories that a flawed institution provided and those memories make up who we are whether we whether we regret it or, you know the our, the the feelings we have are just so complicated you know and so yes. um but you can't ignore you can't ignore the good and how that might have shaped who you are and so do you move is it is it it's so easy to move forward and just say well I don't believe in it anymore you know like that's like almost a little lazy because at one point it mattered, you know? Right. And, and this so, one thing doesn't undo, you know, the the philosophy that you cared about necessarily. Right, the right. transmitter so you can, wasn't perfect. So, but yeah, I know what you the mean. the best yeah. way of putting it, yeah. And like you have um, nostalgia probably too for that time well, when course. it did feel innocent and it felt like re- the most important thing to you, you know? Right, um, right. And it's so, it's funny how many people who it is their youth pastor who ended up being the person that made them realize like Christians can be hypocrites or be people that are like kind of horrifying or even just like mildly wrong, you know, but it's funny being adults now and realizing like, yeah, the person put in charge of like the teens isn't usually like the all-star of the church leadership, <laughs> you know? Right. And so it kind of makes sense that so many of us had like a kind of quack person or even worse, you know, like irresponsible drunk person What's in weird. charge of us. But but that's the moment that we're the most, you know, innocent and the most like in need of guidance mm-hmm. and like a pure, true person who wants to tell you, you know, this is what God is like. So the the dissonance is so stark it's in that moment. It's tricky to think about like, but like that when you're a kid, it's just like, yeah, all priests are great at their job. You they know? must be. How else do you be a priest? They yeah. don't let you be a priest unless you're, you know. <laughs> They're vetted, right? I don't know. Especially when you're a kid. Well, just all adults feel competent Any until adult a certain put age. Any adult in charge of you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially, that's so fun to think about it in terms of 
who gets assigned to what departments. Like, yes. I don't know, youth group. You seem fun, <laughs> yeah. right? At like a barbecue or whatever. Right, right, right. Or like, he's kind of immature. Like, he'll do well with kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of how they get the job a lot of the time. And it's, and it's prioritizing frivolity and mm-hmm. someone's ability to, yeah, be a yeah. like camp counselor coordinator more so than. Yeah. Like spiritual <laughs> exactly. guidance. I Some churches are better, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of churches, I think, uh, I learned this from Nathan and he was talking about, you know, how people become pastors in a lot of like evangelical churches specifically and how a lot of people who really want to be the head pastor are parked in youth group first is like their training ground, which is, seems like a good idea, but it does mm-hmm. like a disservice to people who are actually good with children, which is a skill you have to have, you know, like, they're not less complicated than adults, you know, like it's not kindergarten before you go to high school. Like it is very hard and like it does take a lot of care. And some churches are good at picking people who actually like love to teach and like be good to children, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like uh, parks and cruises before you get to do CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like as far as that department <laughs> yeah, exactly. goes. Uh-huh. Um, so was that the line of demarcation for you where it's like, oh, maybe faith isn't for me? Yeah, it, it, it genuinely, it genuinely, I didn't go back after that. Oh, you, know? you didn't go back at all. Oh, it wasn't no. even like a slow fade. It was no, like, no, no. I was just like it deep and it, you just, I just knew that something was wrong. And it, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and, and the thing that's so tricky is that like when you hear stories of other people, it's like my youth group was the youth group I went to at that time. You know what I mean? It's like if I was in the youth group, that same, it's not like it was, the church was, you know, it, it, if someone had gone got, had gone to that youth group like ten years before, it would have been a completely different. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, I I stopped going. I just focused on everything else that I had going on. Yeah. yeah. Did faith still like stick with you in any capacity, or like faith only happened at church? So I was done with that too. I mean, I think it's a lot similar to a lot of your guests, where it's like I feel like, especially in this business you have to have you have to have some amount of faith in some other being other than yourself because you are reliant on circumstances in the world mm. to allow you to have the gift of being able to tell a story on on as large of a canvas as 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 someone like me has has been privileged to be able to do you know um and so it it's it's helpful to have faith that good things happen to good people because because uh, otherwise, you know, I, you know, it's it's the only way I would have been able yeah. to you lose drive. Thrive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a chaotic, nothing means anything worldview would make it difficult to, especially as a storyteller, to ha- find motivation of like, yeah, this is worth doing, whatever, nothing <laughs> means anything. Yeah, and at the same time, here I am like making like the bleakest of movies too. <laughs> you know, it's not like that worldview is shared in my work at all. Well, I did want to talk to you about that because yeah. uh, your new movie that came out a few weeks ago, The Voyeurs, Voyeurs, gracious. Great. The European pronunciation, obviously. It's on Amazon Prime, an erotic thriller uh, written and directed by you starring... Justice Smith and Sydney Sweeney and other great people. It's a movie that's like, it's so good, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, Mike graciously invited me to a screening of it, maybe a day or two before it came out. Yeah, something on, like that. On Prime. Yeah. But it's a true erotic thriller in the 100%. actual vein of movies that we've watched for horny summer movie nights, like <laughs> Fatal Attraction and Wild Things and Cruel Intentions and movies like that. So I, I wanted to ask you... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially finding out about like 
having any sort of like faith and spirituality background at all, what it's like to um, make porn, to make porn <laughs> and smut that's destroying our nation. Rebuttal. Make so many men stumble. <laughs> and women. And, not usually. <laughs> no, but just kind of like whatever, uh, like one of, one of the kind of greatest hits of embedded trauma or something that people have to untangle within themselves from a religious upbringing is your weird relationship with your body and other people's body or your sexual ethics. And then as it pertains to other people in the world. So to make something that is um, like sexy, that is an object of like sexual fascination. And the thing is like explicitly about that in thematic um I, I guess my question is like, how did you do it? And how can I do it? <laughs> how can I do it? How can I do it? No, but I just like. Well, it is it is a conundrum, right? Because the film is like about temptation mm-hmm. and yet the movie itself. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's the whole point of the movie really is just, um, you know, the audience hopefully becomes the the titular voyeurs, you know, and they're watching it. And in the moment where it is the most graphic, that's also the moment that you don't, um, I don't know. You feel that con. Hopefully, 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 it works in the way where, when you get to that moment where you're you're seeing everything that you've sort of biologically been craving, the whole movie, suddenly you feel weird about partaking Ooh. in it because the circumstances under which it's being performed are just so emotionally um, devastating, and so you want to look, but you know that you shouldn't. And yeah, it's, but that's wow. it's both the theme of the movie and it's hopefully what the audience feels when they're watching it. And it's interesting, too, in the sense that the genre of erotic thriller is often a morality play or a sort of fable of, if you do this, something bad's going to happen. Or like, this or person... bitches be crazy. Made a fatal <laughs> mistake. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. right, but I mean, yeah. you could, you, the takeaway from a movie like Fatal Attraction could be, Michael Douglas should have never cheated. That's why cheating is wrong. True. And this yeah, will yeah. happen for you. Where <laughs> yeah. it does become a sort of in the um sexual ethical sense, like a conservative story. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, I think that's just that's just a function of conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you have a character who has sex in the movie and then something bad happens to them, you, you can't make a you know, it's a different genre of movie if someone has sex and then their life is just great, you know? <laughs> right. Um <laughs> Well, what genre so, is that? So, so automatically, automatically, <laughs> I think I think people might automatically people might prescribe because uh, uh, that was something I, I didn't want it to feel like she was being punished for right, going after her sexual desires. Sex mm-hmm. But bad. honestly, there's no other way. Like if you're injecting as much conflict as you can onto the characters after an act of sex, you that the 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 perhaps the moral what you're deriving morally from the movie is something that I didn't really intend. I just wanted to make a really fun movie. Right, 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 right. I don't want people to feel like they shouldn't pursue their desires, you know? Yeah, no. And that's definitely what I got from the movie watching it because it is, I, I think historically the erotic thriller can function as like a kind of binary yeah, morality you, tale. Whereas you could, you could, but I, I could see how someone could see my film and, and think that mm-hmm. easily, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing I, I wanted to ask about is I think one thing about growing up in a religious community is that it did as much as it was making you scared of sex in a lot of ways and like sex is bad unless it's one man and one woman and then you can do it in a marriage and it's fine but but one thing that i think is a, is a good takeaway for me even as like an adult man now in my 30s is that it did 
prescribe a sacredness in terms of stewarding other people's bodies that I think some people don't have in the sense of like my like residual sexual whatever from like that upbringing or like those really the religious ethos of that was not like puritanical as it functions now but it was more like this is something that needs to be careful and this is something that you need to do with care so when you're in a position as a filmmaker where you're like stewarding your actors bodies oh, yeah, yeah in that yeah, sense yeah. like like i i'm wondering for you if that's something that maybe your religious upbringing informed the sacredness of like okay we need to like make sure that we're doing this the right way that people are comfortable that this is not exploitative in any way that makes people feel bad even if it is for like a fictional movie right right well i think that just that just goes back to just basic empathy right mm -hmm. for me that's it's less about well maybe i wonder I wonder now. Like, yeah. And I'm not I, trying to know? project, like, here's no. my thing. Is it also your thing? <laughs> no, I mean, like I've a... only been in therapy for like three months now, so uh -huh. I'm still working <laughs> oh, you'll on get all to this, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah this will <laughs> be week five, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wonder. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, yeah, it, it, like, I was, like, for, <laughs> it's funny, I laugh now, but, like, for for the majority of high school, I thought I was going to wait until marriage to to lose my virginity, which is raised because I hadn't I forgot that that was a factor until this moment <laughs> yeah I can't believe that I held that like that was point, but I actually you know. did mm -hmm. which is nuts and so maybe yeah maybe somehow that's years later that's made me feel more I don't know I still made the you know the, the other thing yeah, too is yeah, the movie yeah. is not chased it's more just like you know just wanting to I I, I mean I think more it's just like if if I were to I'm not an actor I, I could never do that um but if I were, I just think of, I just put myself in their shoes and going like, okay, if I was going to be involved in a situation like this where I'm making an edgy movie, like if I was in their shoes, like what would be, how can I, how can I make them legitimately feel empowered? Not, mm -hmm. not it's like, cause it's not about convincing them to do it or convincing them to do it in a certain way. It's more about making sure they know that it's going to be part of a, a, a dialogue that results in how we shoot and cover these scenes, you know? Um, I can tell you a little bit about how we did that. If that's I would of interest love you. to hear, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's funny. We just even talked just about, like the technical yeah. aspects. Oh yeah, off yeah, yeah. So it all, so it all. I mean, uh, yeah. It's well, it starts out before I even, you know, before I even, uh, you know, as I'm casting the movie. Like when I went out to to the actors, um, they got a little packet of like it's like my director statement or whatever. And at the end, there's this little uh, little page. Um, uh, with a picture of salt and pepper, and it said, "Let's talk about sex." <laughs> and it was all about like, "Hey, so if you are uncomfortable with acting in a movie that has a sex scene, this movie is not for you. Like this, we, you know, I love you as an actor. I think your performances are great, but this movie isn't the movie that we're going to collaborate on together. And and um, but if you if this is something that doesn't scare you, and this is something you do want to." To, is it, this is a challenge you want to 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 pursue in your career um just know that we're gonna like work as hard as humanly possible to make sure that you know expectations are properly set and then met on the day and so that sort of was where the conversation started from and then from there when when you're approaching the scene and like once you've cast everybody um sometimes they might tell you like sort of what they're comfortable with and what they're not right off the bat but oftentimes you want to go through an intimacy coordinator because they um 
basically they can have the conversations with the actors without you present because for an actor, it's like, all they want to do is- You just want to please the director. Exactly, exactly. Like you want to be game and not be, yeah. Yeah, and that is a power dynamic that Mm -hmm. even if you are like me and you're trying to diffuse that power dynamic every possible chance you can- Always there. Yeah, yeah, it's still going to be there. And and so, yeah, what I I would do is I, I- what I did for this film is I created this book that was really like kind of clinical of just like, here's a breakdown of all the scenes. Like in the case of, I think Sydney, there were like maybe seven instances where, you know, even if she was in lingerie, you know, I, I had like, okay, you're going to be in lingerie. Here are the angles of which I'm going to shoot you. Uh, the lingerie, I want you to, cho- you choose how sheer or not sheer it That's is. Nice. I think it'd be better to not see anything in this moment because it's early in the movie and, Here's here's why it's important to the scene, you know, basically like my justification for every single, every single moment. Um, and then yeah, she, and with pictures also of like mm-hmm. other movies and things that, or sometimes it's just like a hand drawn. Dia- sometimes it is like a diagram <laughs> like of like stick figures. <laughs> well, sometimes it is like a diagram of like what the position would look like. Yes. Like hey, you're going to be on a mm-hmm. couch and you'll be leaning up, you know, like that type of thing. Um, that's so nice. I feel like as an actor, cause you could be like, yeah, I can do a sex scene, but then that could be like a million things. 100%. You have no idea. And then to hear like, this is literally where the camera will be and what you'll be wearing and how you'll be positioned. Are you cool with that? Yeah. hundred you know, percent. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then on the day, then you actually have, then they sign off on it. And then on the day you, um, every detail has to align or they could like raise a flag and be like, this is well, not the intimacy coordinator there yeah. is there to do that. So nobody has to worry about it. Oh, and the nice. intimacy coordinator, like. Amanda was her name. Um, before we begin any of the scenes, she would like round everybody up and she'd be like, yep, so <laughs> do a prayer. <laughs> Father God, basically, we pray that this is hot as hell. <laughs> no, but basically, she was able to go like, okay, just to be clear, you know, you can touch here, you can't touch here. Is there anything else that's changed since we talked? Great. And um, and then she always ends it by saying, and don't forget, no biting. And no biting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because it like it's exactly what you want. Your like it's awesome that she gets to have that word with the actors because saying that also loosens everybody up because you you then suddenly imagine oh my god would he mm-hmm. he would yeah. bite you know <laughs> I would someone like, probably someone would has but bitten yeah I'm glad yeah. someone said no biting <laughs> but but nerves are so high from everybody including me because yeah. I just want to make sure every I just want to make sure that this day goes like Respectful perfectly and cool. yeah mm-hmm. um. And it did, and it did, you know, it did. We, we, it was, those seats were actually the easiest days because we blocked out more time to shoot them than, than anything else we had done. Well, Cause it was, it was so crucial to this particular film's success, you know? Yeah. And, and I, from what I understand from the outsider's perspective in the sense of what the intimacy coordinator is doing is that it does, the breakdown does get so granular as terms of, in terms of choreography, that it is almost like choreographing a fight scene 100%. or a dancing where it's like, it's this gesture now and this gesture, which removes a lot of the, you know, possibility for discomfort on the part of the people involved. And it is so funny, like so many things in the world. It's so funny to think of like, oh yeah, for years we did it without any of this stuff it's or like crazy. infrastructure yeah, in place. Barbaric. Yeah, like the men were super weird and gross to yeah. the actors all the time. Yeah, really <laughs> horny about it and it was not cool. Yeah, <laughs> this woman was terrible. I mean, yeah, you watch like, I mean, it's not sexy, but like the making of stuff for The Shining and the way that Kubrick terrorized Shelley Duvall. Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that sort of thing. So that's such an interesting, an interesting look into it. It was just something, knowing your background and then after having seen the movie. It's crazy. It doesn't 
compute, you know, like, or, or it's just like, this is like prototypical Catholic repression, you know, <laughs> here, you know, and here it comes out in this movie. Do more, yeah, contracts. Yeah. We had a contract for that stuff too. You and, and that's I? why, yeah, that's why Kevin stipulated shoes and socks on all always. the time. Yeah, which I'd, you're violating right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I no, know. I'm sorry. Let me get the contract was for my protection mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Caroline it's said, "I'll do Kevin. what I want." I'm like, "Please don't make me take off my shoes. My nails <laughs> are disgusting helps looking." Us with that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> this is a long running bit about how Caroline has not seen my feet uh, in a long time, and I don't, yeah, I don't want her ever. to see my feet. <laughs> Because they do look a little like pterodactyl claws. I can't imagine they're crazy. <laughs> they're just they're I, I, normal. I own no sandals, and this is the reason why. No sandals in this house. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, that level of 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 care and concern and delicacy in doing something like that is something that, uh, <laughs> in a much different context, I also strive for as just a sort of ethic when it comes to like treating people well. So that's great that that was the the nature of the production too. It. I mean, it's uh, yeah, but going back to like the religious part of it, I'm I'm one I'm I'm now curious if there's <laughs> you're rethinking your whole thing. I, well, I'm just wondering, like, because the thing I I cannot comprehend is how high school me would like if I went back in time and was like, hey, this is your life is going to be this. That kid would be so. I mean, so confused, shook. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's good because again, like. Uh, again, the like chew the fats or chew the chew the meats, spell the bones, whatever that phrase is of like take the good, leave the bad, is care. It's the idea of care and making sure that you're being careful with how you handle something. And that was like it, in the midst of all the sort of like didactic puritanism of like an abstinence, uh, the way that certain abstinence ethics can be. The thing that hopefully what could be a takeaway as well as basic empathy is like, just, just be careful in, in the way of being full of care. So for now, I mean, we talked about just, um, your belief system now, but do you hold on to anything as far as like a view or an idea of God or anything that affects your day-to-day life? Yeah. I mean, I, a big director in the sky, if you will. (laughs) No, I think I, it goes, it just goes back to, I think there's a couple things. I think, um, like in terms of like specifics, like do I believe that that like God exists? The devil, or, yeah, and the devil and Tempsey. Uh, like not <laughs> no, I don't, but okay. I do. I I I it. I'm like I'm definitely fluid with regards to all of this stuff, I guess. But it's more like it's more like I will pray every once in a while, and I'm not like praying to. It's like I'm praying to the world. It's like just putting your hopes and dreams out in the world in the yeah. hopes that by doing that, it magically helps them. It's like manifesting for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it does feel different if you've had a – I think manifesting is different when you've had a background in prayer, right? Because there's something you can compare it to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, man. Yes. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Good Christian Fine. It's time to dive into this apple of a topic. <laughs> Before we talk about this movie from 1980, uh, I'd love to know your experience with Christian pop culture generally, in addition to the Amy Grant song, were you listening to other stuff, uh, other Christian rock, other Christian pop? Or Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was part of the whole, like, Jars of Clay DC. When DC Talk merged into grunge for a second, that oh, yeah. was basically it when— Smells like Teen Jesus or yeah. whatever? Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was sort of the end. That was, like, the end of the era for me because mm -hmm. I, I went to school in the 90s. I graduated in 1998, and I think I left— I think I left the church, like, in 96, I think. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the whatever. same year Jesus Freak came out, I believe. Wow. It was yeah, it must have been because I had it on tape. Yeah. I had it on cassette. Uh -huh. I did get that far. It was like that, and then I think Jars of Clay was after that, right? Jars of Clay was like yeah, ninety four because they, yeah, they were the actually 90s. like played on the radio. Yeah, I, yeah. So, flood, flooded up. Um, so yeah, so I I I consumed a lot of the music, um, and a lot of the a lot of the music at the youth group was like old tapes. So I think that I, we were also like. <laughs> off a few like i don't yeah. think we got like we never listened i think we got like the first newsboys record maybe right. but it was primarily like the same few tapes over and over again including you know uh, uh age to age and um michael the the three or four michael w smith records like those were those were huge Good you stuff. know yeah caroline what's your impression of michael w smith again <laughs> <laughs> How does what's one of his songs? Crucified. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a man Britney Spears a little bit. Oh yeah. Caroline calls but, it male Britney Spears. Crucified. Is it, 
head. <laughs> it's because it's like... <laughs> stone. <laughs> with his nose, right? That's Some what with it his is. nose. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I had to revisit all of this music over during the pandemic as we were trying as I was trying to finish the voyeurs, mm-hmm. you know, because we shot it prior to the pandemic, then the pandemic happened, and we had to do all these reshoots and things like that. And um, and the first thought was, you're gonna score the voyeurs with entirely Amy Grant songs. <laughs> As a quin, and you made a, a pitch doc for Amy. You're like, so in this sex scene, it's gonna be baby, baby, because maybe they'll make a baby, oh, baby. No. And she's like, wow, okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, no, I had sold a, I had sold a pitch for another project that was sort of like um, a coming of age thing that I was drawing from my time in youth group on, mm-hmm. and um, and it was set in 19. It was set. I'm setting it a little bit further in the past than me. It was setting it in 1989, like at the same time as. Um, the uh, 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 satanic panic. Oh, so it's yeah. basically, you know, a kid who leaves his Christian faith and becomes goth and then satanic panic happens and everyone thinks he now literally like worships like the possessed. devil. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I feel um, like, you know, aside from the odd reference in like True Detective season three, the satanic panic has not been mined enough for narrative there is storytelling. so much there. Yeah. That was there a is. crazy era. Or whatever history. the the TV movie you must have seen with Tom Hanks where he gets too involved in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, right. And yeah. Yeah. Mazes and Monsters. That's, yeah. That's I feel like, yeah, the, yeah. The media that has been made about it is like pro-satanic panic. Yeah, <laughs> you it's know? like, like it's, it's real. It was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> but something that would be like a fun deconstruction of it or just like playing around with it as a thing would be so cool. Well, that's mm-hmm. what that's that's what this is, you know? And uh, the, the thing that's so crazy about it is like that Geraldo, like, because it kicked off with this Geraldo special, right? Do you know about this? Like uh, he yeah. had this, he had this, um, TV special called Devil Worship, uh, exploring Satan's underground. I believe is what it was. Underside, <laughs> yeah, something like that. And <laughs> and so what that what that did? It was the highest rated TV documentary of all time. Like everyone watched it, mm-hmm. and because of that, people were like convinced there were devil worshippers. That checks out. Yeah, like living in their neighborhood. Oh my and gosh! So and then there was like the daycare thing too. Where did you hear about this? Mm-mm. Daddy daycare starring Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that was <laughs> the daycare, and thing. that was proof of Satan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was like there was something where they. There was like a daycare worker who was convinced that some children were like possessed by oh, the devil. Wow. I don't know. Wait, about this. I'm butchering this story. Scratch that. Emma, take this out because <laughs> <laughs> as I was telling it, I realized it was something totally different and had nothing to do with the satanic panic. Wait, so what mind. was it actually? It's horrifying. So we're not going to okay. talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Emma, actually cut that out then. And this will be a clean edit point. No. <sighs> um, I remember watching a. Um, in my world religions class at my Christian school in eighth grade. So look at all these other liars. Already out there. Yeah, <laughs> incredible info coming yeah. down the pipeline. Yeah, we watched like a video about the satanic pan not the panic, but like the satanic movement, you know, that was going on. And it was so funny because even at that time, it must have been like 2004, 2005. I could tell like how dated that video was because it was like all stuff from the 80s and they were talking about like a little bit of Marilyn Manson or whatever. And it was just like, see, like, do we need to say any more? Look at this man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Marilyn Manson is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that pretty much checks out. Honestly, Marilyn Manson is appropriating satanic culture in a way that's actually offensive <laughs> yes, that's to right. actual Satanists who that's right. a lot of them are nice. 
misusing the, it. Yes. The church of Satan, but, you know. Yeah, what? but that but that was my context of like what that era was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess this is a real thing we were afraid of at some point. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then like it did have a ripple effect because even, you know, six years later when I was in youth group, we did have this thing where we all brought in our tapes and cassettes that mm-hmm. we thought might have hidden satanic messages. Oh my God. And, you know, we all broke them and burned them Whoa. and sang um <clears throat> uh, and sang Michael W. Smith's place in this world all together as as the as <laughs> the bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean like it's so weird. It's it's such a specific <laughs> Yeah. Like I can't believe I did that. You know, like that is yeah. just such a And you were like, yes, I am into this. This is true. I I I think I just Enough trusted adults. Something. I think yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the problem. I didn't understand that adults that every human in this world eventually becomes a hypocrite. You know, like <laughs> I, I think that's yeah, my worldview had yet to be corrupted in that moment. Yeah. Where did the apple come in? Oh, that came in after. Okay. That that was not something I watched it in either. I want I wish I had. I yeah. want to understand this movie. I I must have heard about it a couple years ago, but I never checked it out. But I would love if you could give us some historical context for this movie. It came out in 1980. Uh regarded widely to by some to be one of the worst movies ever made is some of the literature I was reading, but it has become an object of fascination for some people. In my view of it, just from like an outsider's cultural perspective, it does seem to be maybe trying to go after some of that Rocky Horror picture show sort of energy, but not quite making it all the way because you don't have a Tim Curry, you don't have a Susan exactly Sarandon and a Barry Boswick yes. <laughs> at the helm. And and you don't have bangers like Time Warp as well. So 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 ex- explain to us what the Apple is and what it became. What, well, I mean, it do you mean to me? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember I, I used to live down the street from the new art. And so on to me, this represents a period of post um post college where I graduated from college. I was living in LA. And this was playing at midnight. It was, I think it was 2003 mm-hmm. at the New Art. And so we would just go see random things where we didn't know anything. Because this was when, you know, we could have Googled it, but there probably wasn't a ton out there yet. And so we just went to see this random thing and had our minds completely blown. Um, where it almost felt like a religious experience watching this movie <laughs> oh, for the yeah. first time. Because everyone was so <laughs> baffled by the by the crazy decisions that are happening in this movie all the way through to the, what I think is one of the greatest endings of all time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And let's not spoil that part for the listeners quite yet, but (laughs) Oh, that must've been, yeah, that's an ideal way to watch this thing. Oh, 100%. As opposed to stumble upon it in a theater is like the, I think the perfect way to experience But with it. a group that's all on the same page for the same reasons, that's some like, right, like cat's rowdy screening energy, 100%, you know? 100%. Like, that's yes. what it was. That was, But we had no idea what we were, like, how yeah. it existed. Yeah. <laughs> I still, to this day, like, don't understand how it exists because it's made on such a grand scale with yes. so many background actors. It's not a low-budget like shitty movie, you know? No. Well, yeah. I mean, at times, it, like, it's almost like, it's almost like some days they had a budget of like unlimited. Yes. And then for certain aspects of the film, they were like, you get $5, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. just turn this, turn this like station wagon into Isn't a future so car, funny? you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, an overview of the plot as best as I can describe it. I'm just going to take this from young singers, Alfie and Bibby. Bibby or Bibby? Oh, excuse me. Wow. 
Did you even watch it? <laughs> I did. BB have big musical dreams when they leave Canada. Moose Hook? Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. Wow. Zero for two so far. <laughs> to compete in the World Vision Song Festival through the festival's organizer, Mr. Boogaloo, rigs the contest for others to win. He Boogaloo. shows. Is it Boogaloo? Am I O for three? <laughs> they 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 say it they say it both ways in okay. the film. They yeah, do. Yeah. He shows yeah. an interest in Alpha and BB BB offering to sign them, but then <laughs> BB is taken in by the evil wild world of rock and roll. Alfie is determined to save her. And even though Boogaloo or Boogaloo says he owns both her and her soul. So this is a musical movie from 1980s, uh, from 1980s specifically, with original songs in it. Produced in what's what's the country that they made it in? Uh, I Again? think it was Berlin. It was like West, yeah, it was West Be- Berlin before the wall fell. Insane. Yeah, free wall fall <laughs> Berlin. Also but I think like, it's meant to be possibly New York, but it doesn't look. But like it's New like York Gotham. It's like a Chicago. Yeah. It's New York. A weird, it's like yeah. future yeah. metropolis place. Mm-hmm. Yes. But so, there's one key thing you're leaving out, which is. It's the story of Adam and Eve. It is Adam and Eve. Which I 100% forgot <laughs> until like three quarters of the way of the movie. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> like the apple. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it could be argued and definitely verified that it is Adam and Eve, but also, isn't it a little bit of Stars Born as well? <laughs> 100%. In terms 100%. of a young yes. woman. This is the, what, fifth off. remake of Stars Born? I, I oh have gosh, to say, yeah. for the longest time, my dream project would be to remake this movie with Will Ferrell and Lady Gaga, oh and then God. A Star is Born happened. And, and then Eurovision like, yeah. song yeah, exactly. with yeah, Will Ferrell happened, yeah. too. And uh, so yeah, it's like, well, well that all right. <laughs> it, did, it did happen. You put that out in the universe. I, so yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, like, I literally, every time I'd have a meeting at MGM, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think you have the rights to this movie called The, the Apple. Apple. And they're like, that's <laughs> the door right Absolutely there. Absolutely not. Ballet at the Wow. Desk. Gracious. Yeah. And it was based on um, Kobe Wright's experience with a French music producer named Eddie Barkley, who he felt took advantage of him in this business situation. So he was like, I'm going to write a whole musical about oh, okay. how taken advantage of I felt. And it, <laughs> because it is so, um, again, even though it's literally like a biblical allegory, it is such a conservative view of the world in the sense of like, uh, you know, people are out there trying to take advantage of you and even like some conspiracy theory minded things. And even you get in, in this movie in terms of religious imagery, obviously like garden of good and evil stuff and the apple, right. the titular fill itself, but also mark of the beast stuff as well. And yeah. things that are definitely adjacent to revelation and in times yes. sort of theology. It's all coming from the arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, watching this was, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know if I recommend watching it sober in the daytime at home by no. yourself with no oh, one no. but your dog next no. to you. Oh, yeah. no. How, what was your viewing experience, Caroline? Uh, a slightly altered state of mind okay. at night. Yeah. Tight, 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 tight. <laughs> yeah, that might be the way to go. I loved it. Like, it <laughs> blew my mind. Caroline, I, yeah, you loved it. I kind of did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, like, great, <laughs> but it is incredible. Mm-hmm. It is one of my favorite movies. It's incredible. I, if I was stuck, because I've seen this film now nine times, I think. Wow. And wow. I find new things that I love about it. And this time I, I actually took a, I, I wrote down every time something I liked happened on screen. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I wrote yeah, them yeah. all down. I would pause it, and it's it's a list of 154 oh things. Oh my yes. god, Mike! I kept, like, wanting to write down like, oh, this is weird, but then I was just like, and I love it. <laughs> like everything was like, this was cool, actually. I, I think for me, what sold me mostly was just the style of it and like the art direction, I suppose. Like it was just insane. The costuming and the makeup and the hair and the objects they had, like their glassware in the future and everything in their cars and the strollers, like the level of effort put into like the stylized nature of this world. A Wes Anderson level (laughs) effort. Boz Luhrmann, you know, like it was just so extra on every single moment possible. And and if it didn't, if it, if it wasn't spectacular, he put like mirror looking contact paper on it and didn't push it down well enough you yes. know so it's like this weird <laughs> it's so balance funny. of yes where like or, or yeah they just they tried really 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 hard yeah. and this movie is and i say this with love so gay like there is so much yeah. just queer stuff going on in it constantly as well and not in a bad way no. either i kept like no. thinking like oh you know this is the 80s like maybe they weren't being super cool with it but it was like no it was just color for the world and it wasn't necessarily always wrong i mean you could argue that they were like the weird people you know or something but it was kind of magnificent too They're to see great. all of that yeah i mean and this movie was like they shot it in 1979 wow you know yeah. so this is like the this, dying gasps of disco culture yeah, in a way. Exactly. It feels like, very, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they basically released this movie when disco was like no longer cool, you mm. know, but. Because um, people hated on it because they didn't like the association with the queer community. Yeah, and so the much black of disco community. culture is yeah. queer and yeah. black culture as well. Yeah, and this is a, like a, a racially integrated movie yes, as well. 100%. Like, that yeah. was a lovely kind of surprise as well. So I kept being like yeah, even having the, my guard up this and is then the being dream like that Martin relieved. Luther King Jr. Yeah. had. Yeah. <laughs> this is the is what apple. we wanted was BB and Pandy. <laughs> BB and Pandy. BB and Pandy. Oh yeah. Oh um, my gosh. And, and the music was like it, as I was listening to it, I was like, this is so grating. And then as soon as I walked away, I would like it was in my head and I was singing. <laughs> the the first song so is funny. the most grating one. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there's uh-huh. this run of like three songs Amazing. that are just so like so good. Like, Speed is a great song. Speed is nuts. Yeah. This is the first song. This is Do the Bim. I had to turn captions on for this. Yeah, so did I. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Caroline, the fact that you love this, oh, it's so, so wonderful to me. It's so insane. And it's also, okay, this is another factor that I really enjoyed about the movie is a movie made in 1980 that was nostalgic for the 60s and like the early 70s. That also blew my mind Well, because there's a lot of hippie culture. There's hippie culture. And then I think B.B. and Alfie are not of the time. Like they are supposed right. to be like this blast from the past duo, you know, that sings like folk Donnie songs. Marie Osmond yes, style or something. That are so dorky now or whatever. Yeah. But I was but I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, like my yeah. mind was like trying to do the math of like, wait, wasn't this music still coming out then or was it just yeah, not no, cool anymore? But yeah. yet it's still set in the future. But it's set in the future. 1994. Yeah, which yeah, is not that far. This movie takes in place future. in 1994. <laughs> so so everything in the movie is positing 15 years from now. Just 15 years. Yeah. Yes. Like not that far <laughs> in the future. But, but everything <laughs> is shaped triangle now. Yes, which I love. The shields are triangle, the cool. stickers are triangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for those that also want to watch it yourself, it is available on America 
America's number one streaming service that we all have. Paramount, Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount. I've not heard of that. That's very good. Thank you. Paramount. We, we should call everything that. Disney. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Hulu. Uh, yeah. Now, it's available on streaming, but Mike got the Blu-ray version of this movie. We made a Blu-ray. It is a physical copy of it, which has... Features has an audio commentary oh my on God. it. And Mike, did you listen to the audio I, commentary? I had plans to listen to the audio commentary, but I How did. I did. I did listen. I did watch like the interview. Oh, with, great! Uh, Catherine Mary Stewart or Mary Catherine who Stewart, played BB? who played BB? Who plays? Oh, Bibby herself. Yeah. Bibby, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and what there were cutie. there were pearls of wisdom in there, but nothing nothing earth shattering. Oh, just okay. like it was her first ever movie, mm-hmm. and here she is, the lead of this. Thing, and she know? was a Christian and she wanted to get the gospel message out there. And obviously, <laughs> she uh, yeah. you know, was looking to build the kingdom of this God. This is not a Christian movie. movie, by the way, right? It's like playing around with Christian just like, imagery. Yeah, we like but... this allegory. But it, it to me, this did not speak made by focus on the family at all. No, no, it's There's not a full made on by... sex going on in but, this movie. But but PG, it's rated PG. True. You know, there is true. nothing in it. But but how do you explain the ending? The ending with Mr. Tops. Wow. Mr. Tops. Are we going to talk about Mr. Tops? I don't even, I I know this is like our thing on this podcast. We watch a Christian or Christian adjacent movie and then we like kind of recap it humorously for those that may not watch it or have watched it. I don't know how to talk about Mr. Tops. Mr. Tops is shocking. Mr. Tops, is you don't moment. see him coming because you don't know him, you know? And yet he is like everything at the end of this Mr. movie. Mr. Tops is everything. Oh man, just wow, wow. Uh, the the sensation I had watching this hour and 27 minute long movie is that I and I love a movie under 90 minutes. Oh, that's fun. A movie mm. under 2 hours ever is just like, oh, yeah. what a gift. Uh how long did the voyeurs run? I mean, it felt like <laughs> 90 <laughs> minutes. 2 hours like two hours, right on yeah. the line. Hell yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> but there did seem to be scenes missing in this movie <laughs> that explained swaths of that was a, information. That was, part of the, that was a part of the interview oh, was yeah. right there was, um, was it? well, it's just, just one. And that is that, um, a, so, uh, uh, yeah, after, after she meets up with that hippie mm-hmm. gang, there was a, there was a bigger chunk of that song that explained how she, um, how she, how she like had a, Baby. Child, yeah, yeah, like a grown child. <laughs> like she got assimilated into the into the situation, but I guess like she said that like she didn't get her call time, or like her call time was given to her improperly, and so she had oh. stayed all out, out all night partying. Are you kidding me? And they uh, just missed that important scene because she like no, was and then late? she partied <laughs> apparently. Yeah, no, and then they got to set and she like they shot it, but she said it was really shoddy. Oh my and, gosh! And uh, yeah, um, so that's what that's what. I mean that's that sort of thing, ha- but like you you all look horrified. Like that sort of thing happens all the time. Like, I guess it must, but just for something so fundamentally confusing in the movie. Yeah, like it's a, so funny. it seems right. like a, a key part of the story that you would like push through, you know, and act right, right. or at least good. have some voiceover. Like, okay, well, she didn't come to say, I don't know how this guy explained herself. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. The that conditions funny. this movie must have been yeah. made um, wow. under. I mean, yes. Uh, highlights include, as Caroline mentioned before, the song called Speed, which is about America in a lot of ways and how America loves speed generally. Her energy, I mean, and every day she has to take more speed. I didn't care for that over and over. Brave, it's popping pills to 
Keep up the pace. <laughs> and every day she cries out for more. Yeah, this might have been my uh, favorite number in the movie is Speed. Uh, Speed is great. Uh, what's the name of the song that they do in the lobby with like the other entertainers there? I believe that one is Sparkle. just called Show Business. You're speaking of this one? Yes, this one. The genres do kind of vacillate oh, from song to song. Yeah. Oh, man. I loved that part. I the, thought that was great. Man, the emotional state I was in, I don't know if it was conducive <laughs> for this <laughs> you were ready. in particular. Um, I was nursing a bit of an emotional hangover while oh, yeah. watching. And, oh, uh, I see. Yeah, I you see. have to be in an open-minded, joyful spirit, I think, to watch this. But it, it was like, yeah, very much like Godspell and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Of course, I was thinking of yeah. I've never seen it. Sorry. Um, but the... <laughs> just the kind of like exuberance and then like sharp moral things, but ultimately like don't really matter that much, like in service to the spectacle of the movie, I thought was fun. And they're all just, they're all giving it their all. Like they all <laughs> yeah. believe in this piece of art that it's going to be great. Yes. And to me, that's what, that's the thing. Like there is, pa- there is such passion on display from every single person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like the idea at the core of it is just so wacky that. Yeah, it, um, it, I do struggle with, um, uh, and I'm sure it's probably cleared up in whatever the making of materials or some interviews with some of the yeah. interviews with some of the filmmakers about whether it is a uh, almost like a conservative or an anti-capitalist view of the world. Because in some ways, it's like yes, the arts will corrupt you, <laughs> and people, you know. But on the other hand of that, it is like you know what? Corporations are, you know, ruling the world in such and such way. And you're going to have to wear like QR codes on your skin. And, you know, the pervasiveness Mm. of certain like huge, huge companies would be uh, bad to experience as a society as we we do now sometimes. So I, I couldn't quite figure out what, what yeah because it has that kind of like from. oh no there'll be one world order and they'll make us dance to a song once a day <laughs> you know yeah like, we'll be punished if we don't wear their mark but it yeah but it is very much like uh these corporations are out of control they they can pay their way through anything they're mm-hmm. corrupt and mm-hmm. they're trying to like chew up and swallow anything that's good in this world um and and make it appear it was never quite clear like why bim Bungalow, <laughs> Bungalow, <laughs> international uh-huh, music, uh-huh. Uh, did get control of like the military and the police. Like, I guess I was just <laughs> sort of understood that that's just what the happens. The music was good. The music was good so enough. Good. Yeah, and can control like all the radio and the TV. But that worked for me. I was like, I don't care. It's fine. He's the devil or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, he's, so the, he dev- can just, he's like, the devil. That's just yeah. his whole thing. At, at some point, I, I do want to be clear. At some point, BB does go to hell as uh, <laughs> she's oh, like yeah. fighting for her soul with that's a bunch right. of like half committed furries or at least dudes in the mass. Uh, well, that's wow. what I think makes this that. relevant to, to hear, right? Yeah. Is because that's that's the Adam and Eve parable right there. Like she's basically, so this character, she's a, um, this folk singer who's like attract, you know, they, they uh, offer her a contract to be part of this record label and signing the contract is like signing a deal with the devil. And there's this whole musical number that is just phenomenal set in hell where he has (laughs) 
he's holding this giant apple. Yes. And saying, take, you know, take the whole thing is take She's a bite. This yeah. Amazing sequin dress during that part. Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy, he's wearing he just, a thong. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce vibes, right, Kevin? In Absolutely the face? Fucking literally not. <laughs> no? Yeah, I'm saying the singing that the but they really the make face. hell look like a good like a hell, good time. Like a yeah, hell seems gorgeous. like a really committed theme party. Yeah, because uh, even if you are like hanging, yeah, you get to dance. <laughs> An actual vampires in hell. Oh, it's a great it's a great time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, so much disco. Now, so fun. It did seem to diverge from the biblical narrative, at least a little bit in yeah. some parts. Adam did, didn't take a bite either. I think that's a huge part. And of I it. don't remember the part where Adam tried to commit suicide, but off screen, but not really. Oh yeah. That that whole situation. I, I don't remember that. the part where Adam groped his Jewish landlady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just like little nuggets. It, it like that. a little it's bit. A long yeah. time with the landlady. Yeah, that and no been. sequence at all in that. I didn't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> I love the song, but yeah, it's a little, yes, yes. it's a little, a little flat. Yeah. Now, now, Mike, I would love to know because obviously mm-hmm. you've lived with this movie for a long time, and I must know what your take would be on it if you did have the opportunity to play with it or to remake it. In yeah, some no, I would. Fashion. I would want to be faithful. I would want to like shot Gus, shot, Gus like Van Sant's psycho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to, no take, just a, re, a faithful recreation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would, I would actually like truly, mm-hmm. I would rather just re-release, like have my own little <laughs> label and re-release this movie Cute. in theaters for people yes. to discover because it's such a beautiful artifact. I don't, I actually don't think you can remake it. I don't, I don't think it's just such a product of this bizarre circumstances that led to the movie being what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, it's everything you kind of hope for when you're making a movie too. Like in mm-hmm. this case, it wasn't successful, but it was to me. And, and the fact that like all that it gets that I get to have this be a part of my life. <laughs> no, for real. It's yeah. like, it like almost feel like that, that first screening that we went to when Mr. Top showed up, Everybody stood up and applauded and yelped, and it felt like praise. <laughs> it felt like being in that circle in that musty room and us all shouting our praises. At, you know, like it, the, the, the experience in my soul is very similar mm. in terms of church and cinema um, often. And, um, and so, so to me, like the fact that this beautiful, like crazy, insane work of art that exists that only in small niche people, you know, we only believe in the, enter- you know, this few people that believe in like the pure entertainment of what, of spending 90 minutes every year, almost maybe for me, yeah. you know, participating in, 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 in celebrating this film by watching it annually, um, did it feel like the crowd that you were with was watching it for the first time or it was like Yeah, I think so. I think it was like one of those screenings where like there were a few diehards and they were like we need Los Angeles to know about this. Like so, this is a few God. this is a big so Mr. Tops yeah. the reaction was purely instinctual of just like <laughs> oh my god, wow. who's this? We were all just so well, that was the whole thing and this is the line of dialogue from one of the guys where he's like who the hell are you? And he's like Mr. Tops and we're just like, <laughs> we're like what? What is this? <laughs> Thank you, movie. Well, was that a Heat of the Night reference or whatever that movie is where uh, Sidney Poitier does say, they call me Mr. Tibbs? I don't think. I think it's 
It, Literally, like, Kenan, what is it? Like, don't I, add layers. Well, you know, just, like, I Mr. Maybe Tops was a reference. Is, Mr. Tops is God. I just can't handle the purity of the energy of Mr. <laughs> yeah, Tops. I think that's like, for better or for worse, this movie is like doing everything to satisfy by itself you know right. like but that's what you hope for when you're making a movie messy, like when we were making great. like when we were, I mean it's very similar but like when we were making The Voyeurs right I had in mind that you I was going to cut out a lot of musical numbers <laughs> right. Voyeurs, no, right but I had in mind so like I, I can the only I can't compare these in that like I had in mind these erotic thrillers from you know the 80s and 90s in my mind as I was making it but then you sort of look at the actors that are in front of you I have Sydney she acts a certain way I have Justice he acts a certain way and so you can as a director, some directors, you know, impose their will. And they're like, well, I have this vision. I need to mold you to that vision. Or like in, in the case of me, it was like, oh, I want to take their energy and harness it. And hey, I'm in, the, we had to shoot in Montreal because um, we couldn't find a soundstage large enough to shoot in. So we were just like, let's just embrace Montreal and just set it in Montreal. And that's like a cool factor of this movie that I was not in control of. And I feel like this film has all of that beauty because like, I don't know why they ended up shooting in Berlin, but suddenly you have this like pizzazz of all this sparkle mixed with this like brutalist architecture yes. and like drab weather. That was perfect for the right. scene too. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like Xanadu, like the movie Xanadu, oh. which is like perfectly polished and, you know, where they, 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 they there was more intentionality behind what they wanted to do and then they had the resources to do it. This one, they had intentionality, but they didn't quite have all the resources <laughs> because then the, the cast is what yeah, it is. Yeah. He's delivering a performance that is like, I don't know, aspiring to be David Hasselhoff. Are you talking maybe? about Alfie? You know? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. The and, most and he, sincere man he, in the world, but it, like it kind of works. <laughs> and it's full of like these beautiful moments where like, Nobody knew that it was a bad idea when he says, you've got me with my back against the wall. And he like literally positions himself with his back against the wall. And you're like, okay, the director didn't know that that was bad. And neither did this actor and neither did the editor. And now I get to see it. You know, like, it's like that type type of thing where it's like, suddenly the quality of the movie doesn't matter. It's how much fun I have engaging with the movie, you know? And so- there's something about that now that, I mean, that's what guides all of my, after having a movie that's like got an embarrassing Rotten Tomato score, it's all about, I have to disassociate myself from, from, from uh, what a critical perspective means, because especially even after the pandemic now, it's like just all about how much fun am I going to be able to give an audience for two hours? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this, someone will sense that mm-hmm. like even the happy accidents of the film, like maybe weren't intentional, but like make it fun. You yeah, know, or they are, they're, they're, they are intentional once you embrace them. Yes. You know what I mean? Once <laughs> yeah. you embrace them, once yes. you're like, once you're, this once you're, is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Once you're, once you're a hairstylist, like makes everybody have a green mohawk, <gasps> yeah. you're like, that's sure. That, you know, that's I, that's the beauty the of the hair artwork. and makeup was so ahead of its time. I have to say, <laughs> like there was there were glitter beards in this movie, which like glitter beards. Was a What's thing that? Recently. No. And then the crimped hair, and then like the streaks of color and the eyebrows like going up and everything. It was. I I wonder how many makeup artists saw this I in the eighties and like just ripped it off because it's so insane. Probably none because it, nobody went to see <laughs> no, it. It's, it's yeah, no. Yeah. But like like this, it just felt the so choreographer creative. on this is Nigel Lithgow. You know, so it's like yeah, like oh from the Sleepy Nigel Lithgow. Yes, yes. 
Yes, yeah. actually, yes. Yeah, and so like him. you look at the dance routines in this movie too, and they're like, they're they great. had time to, re- they spent money on having them have enough time to rehearse this properly. So yes. Can, you know, Big shoot it dance so well. groups too. Like there were so Huge. many people. It was just amazing. And yeah. Red Hot Sexuality in the case of songs like Coming For You. Oh, this one. Which the I I don't I don't get what that means. I kind of flew over my head as far as like what that could possibly as like, like a, a lemonade double stand, entendre. You know, yeah, like I guess so. Please every juice out of you that I can. Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, as far as like I love this number. Couples oh, dancing on their beds and whatnot. I, I, I kinda it was great. I have to this make my own great. meaning. And I thought she, I think she's amazing. She's such a star. Here we go. <laughs> now this part I don't remember in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> you know, the way, the way you're describing it, Mike, it reminds me of what my feelings were. I mean, Cats is one thing from a couple years ago, but also watching the Paul Lind Halloween special. I don't know if you're familiar with no. this, but this is a... Yes. Very a special from 1976 that I do, in fact, have a DVD uh, copy of right here beneath my. I might have a little Wait, dust on special it. Special appearance by Kiss. Yeah, it's oh, Kiss's yeah. first television appearance. It's a variety special hosted by Uncle Arthur from Bewitched and Center Square on Hollywood Square's Paul Lind, who is this character, a flamboyant character actor on television in the 1970s. And it is, you know, a variety special done, you know, it's just sketches and musical performances that a buddy of mine 12 years ago, or it was 11 years ago, found at a DVD factory he was working at, which sounds like a made-up thing in 2021. (laughs) But yes, there was a certain alchemical, like, um, spectacle that occurred where, like, you know, Bruce Valanche was doing rewrites in the writer's room on this thing. Florence Henderson and Betty White and Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked oh. Witch of the West is in it. Uh, and it's both good and bad. And I truly can't tell if it's good, but I just know that my enjoyment of it is at a 10. It brings you joy. Yes. Yeah. It, Listen, yes. the word that we're all searching for is camp. Camp. Camp, camp. is the best. Camp, camp is good. Rock. Yeah. When it's like, Sort of sincere, but then also so out there, mm, you know? And like, if you're open for it, don't disagree with me. Whoa. It's camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's camp. It's Met Gala. It's camp. Like, it is though, right? No? I think camp can't be intention. You can't create camp. You think they be- were going for camp? Yeah, no, this? no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think. That's why I Yeah, mean, it right? can't be yeah. unintentional. Yeah, it yes. has to be unintentional. It has to be. Yeah. Yes, it has to be I just so. so over the top because you like being over the top. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and then because it also, it is like kind of a bad movie, you know, but you love it because it is so like exuberant and there was so much effort put into it. Right, it's right. Campy. It's I mean, so good. Should we, should we end this discussion by trying to explain the ending of this movie and how? <laughs> I feel like I sing. almost want to leave that for them to discover. <laughs> that's a really, that's a right? really... That's a really, like, that's a gift you're wow. giving them. Okay. That is a gift yeah. you're giving them, right? Uh, okay. Because, right, like, it is, the, I think it so. is like, similar to my family. Like, it's a, I think it's a twist ending. Yeah. I, it's I a don't, twist you will would, never see I wouldn't coming. want if someone just told me what was going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it might be underwhelming for you, but I don't think it will be. I think it will be. It's my favorite ending um, of any movie just, of all time. Just a shock. Oh, yeah. my so, God. <laughs> this is amazing. We're, we are giving the listeners a gift. 
Listen, Paramount, <laughs> uh, get on there, log in, on and, there. and find I out feel what like happens. This is probably with Mr. on YouTube Tops. somewhere too. This feels like the a ending. Kind of oh yes, you this can just movie. YouTube. The, I bet this entire movie is on there. But oh. it's it, the only tricky part about not talking about it is like it's also the reason why this podcast can ha- cover a movie like that <laughs> too. True. I mean, we could like mention it and then tell people to skip through if they want to. I don't know. Can we do we it could, like a spoiler. Like yeah, we can moment. do a spoiler alert if you plan on watching. The Apple on you Paramount should. to skip this part because in the end of the Apple, Mr. Tops comes down <laughs> from heaven in a car and says, the rapture's here. Everyone's a coming. A flying car. A flying car. And he comes down and says, <laughs> everyone's going to heaven with me mm-hmm. or wherever. Is it heaven? Is it technically heaven? That they're He's going, going to another planet. planet. A, a new planet. Oh, where they're not dealing with. Yeah, any and of he the, talks to the devil. The devil's like, "You're bim. gonna do that again," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Mr. gonna start Boogaloo. from scratch, but this time without you, like without Satan, right. I guess." Right? Hell yeah! Why didn't he do that the first time? And then they all walk into the sky. Mr. They, Tops looks like uh, the Colonel of KFC, uh, just a full white suit, big mustache, big white man. Again, we're not sure who he oh. is, why, um, but he's very special, and everyone knows who he is as soon as he arrives. <laughs> He's kind of, yeah, he's given... Uh, and uh, the hippie commune just walks, like, into the sky. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah. yes, Mr. Tops, who's now my lock screen on my phone. <laughs> um, yes, and and there's a, you know, there's a fast food joint not too far from us that's named after him, which is, of course, the Tops the on... Tops, yes. <laughs> the original Tops on Alan. <laughs> so this is my question. Yes. If this were to happen... How would the how would the public react? Would you follow mm. Mr. Tops on Twitter? No, into the sky. <laughs> oh, uh, hmm. like if someone came down and was like, "I I know," like I would follow him if I could go with a buddy. Uh, I would be scared to do it by myself. But if someone was commit, like Caroline, if if you wanted to come, <laughs> if with I felt me, really strongly yeah, about yeah. it, I could and then we could you. go, we could walk hand in hand up into the new planet <laughs> with Mister Tops. Yeah, yeah, I would do you it. You would do it. Wow. Would, would you do it? No. <laughs> okay. No. Well, I feel a little I'd be, trapped. I'd, I'd I'd feel scared. I'm not like, a hippie persuasion, you know. So I just don't know if that would yeah that wouldn't lock in for me to to follow this stranger. Who I don't know again. It's not a stranger. It's Mr. Tops. <laughs> don't you see? You've known him all your life, Caroline. To a new planet. Also, that means a lot of work. <laughs> Ooh. But so here's the question. What if someone came to, like, what if this actually happened? Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, like, I'm going to get weird for a second. Sure, sure, sure. What if someone came down and said, I am the second coming of Jesus? Would you, like, we would if that were to ever happen for real, mm-hmm. we would never trust that person. No, yeah, my my initial instinct when you say it is like Hell absolutely no. Yeah. not, no, 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 yeah. no. But Mr. Tops, let's have a conversation. Talk <laughs> it out, Jesus. It's like old hat, but Mr. Tops. That's new. That's fresh. It's exciting. Would you do it, Mike? Would you go like Let's go. No, no, I, I okay. wouldn't. In I'd neither be too scared. scenario, okay. in neither yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I just think it's interesting that like the second coming of Jesus will never happen. No, you know, well, not it with that. Can never happen. Well, no, because we would never like we, Mister. We don't believe in Mister Tops, so mm-hmm. why would we ever believe it? It's always an assumption, yeah, that like, oh, all the believers would follow Christ. And be like, no, we'd be scared shitless. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't want to go. Yeah, these conspiracy. Theorists, Leave my living no room. Leave Pasadena, the place I know and love. The TV is on. I gotta watch TV. And there's written this. Yeah, the third season of Succession is out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much to I, look that's forward my heaven. to. <laughs> okay, is Waystar Royco? Yeah. Oh my gosh, anything else we should say about this movie before we give it a rating? 
Anything else? So you, I I know, Mike. This is this is a a, a object of passion for you, and yeah. so and maybe you can just uh, uh, expound upon it for a final time as we give our ratings. But you know how this works. We give it a holy roast or holy toast. Holy toast, thumbs up. We go with Mister Tops into the sky, all the way to heaven, the new planet, or holy roast. That's <laughs> when we go down with the apple guy and all the Wait, little furries. Incredible pop career. <laughs> To hell, <laughs> or if we're not sure, we can always go to the space between. We start with Caroline, as per usual. Toast for me. Um, it, yeah, again, you know, not everything is a, a grand slam. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, it's so beautiful. <laughs> I just really was blown away, and the music was good, and there were some real professionals on this set. Uh, who managed to make not a not a good movie, but um, a, a fantastic movie, uh, a toast. Not a good movie, but a fantastic movie. Altered State of Mind, what late a great night <laughs> movie. How altered? <laughs> By what? A little bit out there. Okay. <laughs> we turn it to Mike. Well, the thing that's tricky is like if it's if it's um, to hell and it's the hell from the movie, that looks like a pretty great place. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's confusing. So, so we win either way. Mm-hmm. So the space between is just. Living in, Just you know, their nothing. version of, yeah, it's Big mm-hmm. Brother 1984, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it's heaven bound. This is, this is my religion heaven now, bound. you know? <laughs> How many times have you seen it before rewatching it for this podcast? Oh, probably eight. At least, at least four in the theater. Like, anytime it screens, I have to go. Amazing. Yeah. And that's probably the thing that's been the hardest for you about the pandemic is not being able to see the apple in theaters. With <laughs> I wish that was the hardest thing. <laughs> uh, I'm giving a, a holy toast as well. Oh, wow. I am. Okay. After. You liked it. I did like it. I admire the energy and the pluck of it. And I do think it is Martin <laughs> Luther King Jr.'s vision for America and the world. It is progress. It is progress. I love speed. I love the guy that's being operated on in the surgery room, pumping his fist yeah, for Jim <laughs> and then flopping out. over. And I do believe if I had an experience like Mike in a theater surrounded by peers, if yeah. I had an experience like Caroline, coked out of her mind. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> At home. Face deep in a mountain of snow. You and Scampy just doing lines off each incredible, other. Incredible viewing experience. Then I, too, would have this uh, euphoric, ecstatic sort of disp- disposition towards it. But I'm keeping myself open for it. And, Mike, I tell you what, if you go to a, a screening of it next time it screens in town, I will go with yeah. you. Awesome. Bring us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring us, please. I want to sing along. We'll make an episode of it or whatever. <laughs> uh, so, listener, go to Paramount and watch it yourself and then you can rate it give it a roaster toast yourself so get out there and rate it at Christian Fun Pod and uh, I did that at, oh no it's City Lights oh, no. there she is guess what <laughs> thanks Hillary oh Hillary was almost gone from our lives oh my gosh have y'all been reading these Katie Couric memoir excerpts they're Some pretty wild yeah they're all wild. The one that came out today, and this is in the book. This isn't like a blind item or something. There's a text exchange in the book where she jokes with Matt Lauer about him, uh, like, roofing her drink. Yeah. So there's things like that in there and uh, just kind of a treasure trove of Katie Couric telling on herself and <laughs> being strange. So that's something to look forward to. God bless you, Katie. <laughs> so, Mike, we're dimming the lights in here and we're lighting the candles and we're taking it to a more worshipful space we're not here to plug ourselves or promote our projects we're just here to lift them up to the lord and we start as per usual with caroline you can lift me up 
at Caroline's Farts mm-hmm. online. Um, I think I've lifted this up before, but I don't have anything else new, so I'm going to bring it back around. It's a podcast called You're Wrong About. And Mike, I think you'd be interested in it too because one of the hosts, um, I think her name is Sarah, uh, is writing a book about the satanic panic on the way out. Um, but anyway, they're, they're a writer and a journalist and they kind of re-examine um, big media frenzies or big stories we all think we know about and, and talk about how it was usually more complicated, you know, than uh, we remember. Yeah, there. Uh, I use them as a resource in research for our Isaac Tammy Faye Baker episode oh that we gosh, did because great. they did an episode about it that was very informative. And yes. Yeah, did they do the Paris Hilton one too? I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. I think they did something else. Maybe, maybe you're wrong about that, Caroline. <laughs> I don't think they did, well. but um, <laughs> you know that style. That sure. Style. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think didn't one of the co-hosts just depart from the show? Yeah. 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 Like Michael Hot this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, hot off the presses. Yeah, he's great. Uh, we turn it to Mike. Uh, the thing I would love to lift up is yeah. um, uh, one of the actors in The Voyeurs, Justice Smith, he was on a TV show called Generation that sadly only lasted for one season. And having had that experience of making something that only lasted one season, you always fear that people won't discover it later. And so mm. I want to lift that season of TV up because his performance is unbelievable and people should check out a thing that may not be brand new that is still very 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 good i know it's almost kind of rare now for something to only get one season isn't that interesting yeah less <laughs> interesting and more tragic in I my know, case but, i know i know i know it's yeah. sad but you can watch uh, generation on hbo max yes and everything sucks on netflix sure yeah <laughs> that'd be great too and then where can people find you? Oh, you yeah. On social media? Uh, I'm not very good at it. Um, yeah, I'm at Michael Mohan on Twitter. And my Instagram handle is like a bunch of extra M's and N's at the beginning and the end <laughs> because I couldn't think of something cooler. So just and keep all typing M's and N's until you find them. Yep. And right. I'm there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Port everywhere. I'll lift up. Uh <laughs> Well, we all remember my lift up from last week. I did lift up Dear Evan Hansen, a perfect movie, five stars. I'm going to lift up uh, a YouTuber I very much enjoy. I love her work, and I'm going to lift up a specific video from her called A Needlessly Thorough Roast of Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. And uh, I saw that. <laughs> it, is, it is an hour and 17 minutes long, and it's worth every minute. She's so good. What's She's very name? funny. Jenny Nicholson. Wow. And she, she's been in the game for a long time. Uh, very excellent. So would uh, recommend people watch that. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. In every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is Feeding America. Mike, thank you so much thank you, Mike. Thanks for, for taking time. a yeah. bite of the apple with our, us. Our lives. Yeah, what a gift. And there's <laughs> nothing left to say except all of God's people said, okay. okay. I love you. you. Amen. Amen. Okay, what song from the Apple should we go out on, Mike? What would you prefer as our closing song? What's that? So many goodies. Yeah, I think the master is the, that's the surprising one. The master. How to be a master. Now, if you're looking for some good reggae vibes in your Christian allegory movies set pre-Berlin Wallfall 1979, this is the song for you. 
Okay, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. We love the band. Patient and kind. Yes, I know how to be a master. Pushing seven claw. Step on those who fall. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>